HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Japanese. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, a food writer and a director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deep understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from our studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deli and supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi ramen izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I will try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Stephen Lyman, who is a shochu expert and the founder of the website called Kanpai.us, the theme of which is bringing izakaya culture west. And shochu is very important alcohol beverage from Japan, but it's not known as much as sake in this country. So today, Stephen will tell us all about it. So hello, Stephen. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. I'm a big fan. <laughs> thank you. So first, um, you're known as a shochu expert, but uh, but you have a completely different job, and that's a, as a medical researcher. So how did you get into shochu? Uh, I actually was out with friends one night, and we walked into an izakaya, not knowing what an izakaya was. <laughs> okay. And the uh, waitress introduced shochu as Japanese vodka. And they mm. had a special on Tuesday nights where they would give $20 off a bottle. Mm-hmm. So my friends and I thought it was a really cost-effective way of drinking. <laughs> right. So, and I think that place was uh, Izakaya Tendas. Unfortunately, it's closed now, but uh, that's, that's right. of, like, one of the first places to educate people. Right. And uh, then you started to go to Izakaya Ten every Tuesday? Just about every Tuesday. I think in the first year we went between 35 and 40 times. <laughs> okay. And uh, who are your friends? Uh, so my friend uh, Mike uh, Slavin, who actually built the website, mm-hmm. and uh, Ian Bradley, who designed the website, mm. and then also a friend of mine named Dean Weston, who's now living in Tokyo, which makes me really jealous. Mm. Right. Well, the, we're not going to go into the website too much, but uh, this Kampai.us is an amazing uh, resource uh, for, you know, the whoever is interested in Japanese culture, is a guy in shochu. So my listeners, please visit the website. And um, and I heard you happen to visit uh, shochu regions in Japan on business uh, around the same time. 
right? So you were kind of exposed to、uh, shochu culture. Well, I had visited Japan the first time around that time,、mm, but、mm-hmm. when I was there, I didn't visit Kyushu. That came later. Okay. My,、uh, but I did spend a lot of time in Izakaya in both Tokyo and Osaka and just fell in love with that、mm. entire <laughs> style of dining. Okay. How do you describe the style of dining? Well, from Izakaya 10. Right. Oh, okay. Once, right. once I went to、uh, Tokyo and, and、uh, Osaka, I just. I was on my own. I was on a business trip. So I just started walking into places that looked interesting and people were friendly. And、mm. I muddled my way through the menu and drank、right. a lot of beer and shochu. And、right. Well,、time. it's interesting because、uh, shochu is really enjoyed widely in Japan at the Zakayas, versus sake tend to be, can be served at more expensive places too. So, kind of to me, shochu is a little casual beverage. That's right. It, it started as a blue collar drink in southern Japan and only more recently has it become popular nationwide.、Mm. So, what is special about shochu for you? Because there are many other spirits than shochu. I, I've always liked to pair my, my food with, with drinks.、Mm. And I can do that with wine, I can do that with beer、mm. and with、uh, sake. But they're all sort of heavy because they're all fermented, they're all brewed.、Mm. They have a lot of residual sugars. And so. With、what I discovered with shochu is this is a spirit that pairs with food, which is really uncommon.、Mm, right. So it's cleaner and、uh, the lighter. In, well, we're going to talk about the details later, but it's a little lighter in alcohol. That's right. It's about 20 to 25% usually,、mm. uh, which is lower than a whiskey or vodka or rum or other distilled spirits. And then because of that lower alcohol percentage, it pairs well.、Mm. And then because it's not heavy with the residual sugars, you can drink、mm. uh, more easily without feeling really full. Right. Okay. And、uh, how did you study shochu? By reading or taking classes? Or? I started by trying to read, and that's actually why I started the website, because there wasn't much good English language information.、Mm. And then I developed friendships with a number of、uh, people who worked at Izakaya、mm. around the city,、uh, and they just began to teach me. And as,、okay. I, as I was introduced into the New York Japanese community, I met more and more people who could guide me through that experience.、Mm. And I、uh, heard that you.、Uh, You have also worked in the distillery in Kagoshima Prefecture in Japan in the last three years? That's right. So, for the last three years, every fall, I, I've gone to Ichiki、uh, Kushikino in Kagoshima、mm-hmm. to work at、uh, Yamato Zakura, which is a handmade shochu dis- distillery.、Mm-hmm. There's only about 10、uh, handmade sweet potato shochu distilleries, and that's one of them. Wow. And you mean in Japan? Like 10? In, at least in Kagoshima. I'm、oh. not sure about other prefectures. Okay. Right. Well, we're going to talk about the regional, you know. Like、uh, distribution <laughs> later.、Um, but、uh, what do you say? I mean, you cannot just go visit the distillery and let me work, right? How did you find、uh, the job? So, my first trip to Kyushu was in 2012, and I visited with a friend of mine who's a jazz pianist,、uh, Seikai Ishizuka, here in New York,、mm-hmm. uh, who's from Fukuoka. And so we started our t- tour in Fukuoka, and then we went down to Kagoshima. And I had met、uh, Mr. Komasa from Komasa Shuzo in Kagoshima. Uh, and asked if I could visit. So、mm-hmm. Seikai was writing the emails back and forth, but then Mr. Komasa、uh, brought along a translator、uh, with us. And then he asked, What would you like to do while you're here besides see my distillery? And I said, I'd really like to see a small distillery. And I'd also like to eat in your favorite izakaya. Don't、mm-hmm. take me to some fancy restaurant where you take <laughs> VIPs. Take me to like, where you like to go when you're just going to relax. And、mm-hmm. he did both of those things. And the small distillery he brought me to was Yamato Sakura.、Mm. But that's really, they're open minded, right? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you speak Japanese、uh, quite a bit. At that time, I did not. I started、nope. studying actually after that trip.、Mm. And it was, the impetus was when I contacted through the translator who we had、uh, met in Kagoshima.、Mm. 
uh, I asked her to contact Yamato Zakura to ask if I could come do an internship. Mm. And the Toji, the Toji is the master distiller, he said,、uh, he can come if he learns Japanese. So that's、um. when I began studying. <laughs> right, but still, I'm impressed. They're very open minded. I don't think they have any interns、uh, from foreign countries ever before. The, the Toji is really interesting. He, he lived, lived in Tokyo for eight years doing advertising. And so he has a more global worldview、mm-hmm. where many of the Tojis you meet, they're from small towns in rural Japan and they don't necessarily think globally.、Mm. And so I think that's a big difference for that distillery. Okay. Do you know how many generations they are? I know that they opened around the time、uh, that Japan opened, so around、uh, Admiral Perry's time, so it was in the 1800s. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. So、uh, how was the experience? Was it hard? And- I, I mean, I, I work as a medical researcher and. I'm always paid to work with my brain,、mm-hmm. not with my body. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the day starts at 5 a.m.、Uh, washing the sweet potatoes. And this distillery, which is actually a very small distillery, it's still a, a metric ton of sweet potatoes every morning、mm-hmm. that need to be washed and then prepped before、uh, the production can begin.、Oh. That's right. <laughs> and it was a one man job. <laughs> wow. Okay.、Uh, but you got to see everything, the whole process of making. That's right. Every day, every step is happening for different batches of the, of、mm. the shochu fermentation process before distillation. So I was able to see in a 10 day visit, I was able to see all of the parts several times.、Mm. And.、Um, The, but the days would be 12 to 15 hours long.、Mm. Uh, so it was a much harder physical labor than I was used to. Oh my God. <laughs> so, first really, day really you can、sore. move. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right.、Um, and I heard、uh, eventually you're now、uh, certified as shochu advisor. That's right. This、okay. summer、uh, they offered the first shochu certification course in the United States, which was in Los Angeles.、Mm. And I took the course with several other students、uh, to become part of the first graduating class of、mm. certified shochu advisors here, trained、right. here in the US. So you're now sensei. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And、uh, so I'm sure many of our listeners do not know much about shochu. So, what is shochu? Shochu is a traditional distilled spirit, and that's what makes it different from sake. Sake is、uh, brewed. Sake's closest relative is actually beer.、Mm. Uh, even though we often call it rice wine, shochu is distilled, so it's one more step after fermentation.、Mm. Uh, in which you evaporate the,、uh, the alcohol out of the, out of the mash、mm. and then it reconstitutes into liquid form again on the other side of the still. And then w- that's why there aren't any residual sugars because none of the solids come through the、right. process.、Mm. So it's distilled, and then what kind of ingredients? There are actually, I believe, 50 or f- between 50 and 54 different ingredients which you can make shochu from,、oh. which makes it very different from other distilled spirits or、mm. other alcohols because. It's not so much about what it's made from, but how it's made. That's、mm. the big distinction for、okay. shochu. Because、uh, wine is grape and sake is rice, so and what kind of ingredients? So、yeah. the most popular, as I mentioned, is sweet potato,、mm-hmm. uh, shochu.、Uh, but the, first, the original shochu was almost all rice、uh, mm. because sweet potatoes weren't indigenous to Japan. It was only after the Portuguese imported sweet potatoes、mm. that、uh, sweet potato production began. But now, So, sweet potato is the most popular,、uh, but then rice and barley.、Mm. And、uh, soba shochu has become popular. Buckwheat. That's right. That was developed in 1970 in Miyazaki Prefecture.、Uh, oh, because、so、I didn't know it was so new.、Uh, okay. And also heard of sesame, green tea, chestnut, carrots, you name it. That's right. There's actually a milk shochu. 
<laughs> which, which has a little bit of the aroma of the sourness of milk. Mm. It's almost like the aroma is almost a cheese. Mm. But then the, the shochu itself tastes just like any distilled spirit. Okay. So even has, as far as there's a starch in it, you can convert it to sugar and an alcohol. That's right. right. A lot of those uh, more rare ingredients like green tea or sesame, there's not enough starch in a sesame seed to make... Mm. Alcohol, so you actually start with a rice or barley base mm. and then add the uh, secondary ingredient. Right. Okay. And uh, do you know the history of shochu? There are several theories. Okay. The, uh, it either came uh, up from Thailand through Okinawa to Kyushu, mm-hmm. uh, or it came uh, from Korea mm. uh, through the trade route to Nagasaki. And it may have actually developed both ways because Okinawa has their own distinct form of distilled spirit called awamori, which the Japanese government classifies as shochu, mm-hmm. although it's actually a different production process with different ingredients. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the reason iki shochu or from Nagasaki, the barley shochu, is so famous is because that was one of the earliest regions for producing uh, shochu in Kyushu. Right. Okay. Well, actually, uh, there is a, a beverage called the soju from Korea. It's S-O-J-U instead of S-H-U, S-H sorry, S-H-O and C-H-U, that's Shochu Japanese. So um, it makes sense that, that, you know, that the theory came through Korea. I'm sure that happened too. That's an accident of language, though, because it has the same meaning. Shaojo in Mm -hmm. Chinese, Soju in Korean, and Shochu in Japanese Mm. all mean burned liquor Mm. because of the distillation process. But if you drink those products in any of those countries, they taste very, very different, and the production processes are different. Hmm. Okay. So there's the same origin somewhere, right? And uh, so the, the shochu is traditionally made only in the south of Japan. And do you know why? Yes, actually, in Kyushu, uh, it's too hot most of the year to make sake. Oh. And... Uh, Yellow koji, which is the traditional koji Mm. used for sake production, Mm. is really temperamental. And it doesn't create a lot of acid in the the fermentation process. And the acid will fight off uh, other contaminants like other other molds or bacteria, which can spoil the batch. Mm. And yellow koji needs really firm temperature control Mm. in order to do its job without those other things growing. So in a cold climate, the, the growth properties of those other... Organisms mm. is suppressed because it's cold. Right. In a hot climate, those things grow quickly. Mm. And so white and black koji, which are used in shochu production, uh, create enough acid to fight off the other organism during fermentation. Interesting. So um, now, how do you make shochu, now that we mentioned all those details? So what's the process of making shochu? So you start with koji. So you start with rice. Rice is the foundation of virtually everything in Japan. <laughs> That's and, true. <laughs> uh, to, to make koji, you first wash the rice, and then you steam the rice. And then uh, as the rice is cooling, the steamed rice is cooling, you add the koji spores. Ko- koji is a, is a uh, fungus uh, or microbe which grows in rice, and what it does is it converts starches into sugars. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the koji... You then keep it in a temperature-controlled room called a koji muro, which is the koji room, mm. uh, which is a, usually a cedar-lined room traditionally. And then you have to maintain the temperature over a two-day period in order to keep the koji uh, proliferating. Mm. Then once the koji's uh, uh, essentially done its job to convert the starches into the sugars in the rice, you then add that koji 
into uh, a the first fermentation, which is water, mm. uh, yeast, and then the the koji, okay. the koji rice that you've created. Mm. And then that that fermentation lasts about a week. And again, you have to maintain a constant temperature. But what's happening during that? It's called a multiple parallel fermentation. And it's actually unique to sake and shochu production. There's very few other alcohols that use this process, mm. where the koji is breaking the starches into sugars, and then the yeast is breaking the sugars into alcohol. Mm. So you're fermenting in two ways at once. Right. So it's a parallel process. That's right. right. Like in beer or, or whiskey production, first you malt your barley, which is essentially the same as the koji process, mm. to break the starches into sugars. And then your second fermentation mm. is when you add the yeast right. to create the alcohol. So it's in sequence. So that's the difference. And I heard that the, the parallel process creates uh, more byproducts. That's why you have more complexity. That's right. That's right. right. So once you've done that, once you've taken those seven days to create the, uh, the first fermentation, then you add the main ingredient. Oh. So for a sweet potato shochu, you then clean. So you wash the sweet potatoes, you trim out the, the rotten parts and cut off the ends because the ends are bitter. And then you steam the sweet potatoes, and then you add those steamed sweet potatoes to mm-hmm. the first fermentation, adding more water. So you get about four, four times the volume of sweet potatoes compared to the rice. So mm-hmm. you end up with five times as much volume as you had after the first fermentation. Right. That's why I have to wash a ton of uh, sweet potato. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So the it's kind of fermented twice, and then, um, but it's that. It's single distilled, right? This distilled just that's only right. once compared that's to right. like whiskey that's many times distilled. Yes. Yeah, so the uh, the after the first the second fermentation, which is usually between eight and fourteen days, depending on the distillery, mm-hmm. uh, you then send it through a, a pot still, which is a traditional still, one time. Mm-hmm. And if you send it through more than once, it's no longer called. Uh, it's no longer qualified as Honkaku shochu, which is authentic shochu. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a higher quality. That's, that's called right. the honkaku shochu, right? And uh, I don't want to get to uh, you know to technical things, but uh, just again, so lower low pressure distilled, and uh, that's a kind of new technology. I heard it's newly developed. So what does it do? That's right. So a low pressure still boils at a lower temperature. It's like using a pressure cooker, mm. and because of that, the evaporate that comes out is cleaner. It doesn't have as much of the uh, residual oils, fatty acids, and things that will come through with a uh, atmospheric distillation with traditional distillation. Mm, okay, so what's the result? Uh, like, uh, you know, the um, atmospheric distilled and the low pressure, what's the result of the taste? With the low pressure, you end up with a light, clean, usually sweet shochu. Mm. Um, often it's, very, it's very popular with rice and barley shochus. Okay. With uh, atmospheric distillation or juatsu, uh, mm-hmm. is, that's the traditional style, and that's where you're going to get much more flavor, much more richness. It's going to be much more full-bodied. Mm, like you really taste uh, the original the ingredients. That's right. Okay. Can you see it on the label? It's how it's made, or you, you just have to ask? The Usually idea. it's on the label, but the labeling laws for, for shochu are a little bit esoteric. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, well, Let's take a quick break here, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk about different types of shochu. So please stay with us.
still paying attention? Are you there? Hello, 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 hello. I'm talking to you. Hi. Hey, this is Jack Inslee. I'm the executive producer here at Heritage Radio Network. I've been here at the station since 2009, and I cannot believe just how much this network has grown over that time. We've been able to grow because of donations from people like you. So if you're enjoying this, if you laughed, if you learned something, contribute anything. A dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, anything counts. And trust me, we'll appreciate seeing your name come through on the donations. So consider visiting heritageradionetwork.org, click on that little beating heart, the donate button, and show us you care. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats, broadcasting live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama. And my guest today is Stephen Lyman, who is an expert of shochu and the founder of the website called Kampai.us. So um, I heard there are two categories of shochu. One is ko and the other one is ozu. So what, what are they? That's right. So can you define those words for me? <laughs> um, well, the ko is, uh, what I understand is uh, it's based, made based on continuous still and uh, often mass-produced and the uh, as a result, it could be a lower quality. And uh, it's cleaner because it's uh, continuous still. But otsu is more uh, traditional and artisanal and uh, made with natural ingredients. And so it's made with a pot still, so which allows shochu to maintain the flavor of ingredients and more than ko shochu. Am I right? That's right. But as I understand, in Japanese, ko is actually a superior word to otsu. Is that correct? Right. It's okay. like, you know, like, you know, ABC on the grade. I think a uh, long time ago that so you are like, you know. That's right. So the, <laughs> the ko shochu actually is what goes into chuhais. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very similar to Korean soju. Right. Okay. It's multiply distilled from mass-produced ingredients in huge factories. Mm-hmm. And because of the multi- dis- multiple distillation, you have no flavor. Right. It essentially comes out of the still by the time it's finished at about 90% alcohol, and then it's uh, diluted with water and other ingredients mm, to sweeten it and change the flavors. Right. Yeah, you mentioned shou- uh, chuhai, so we'll, we have another you know, like conversation about that later. But well, you earlier mentioned uh, honkaku shochu, so that's uh, otsu? That's otsu. Shochu. And that's actually, from a shochu aficionado's perspective, that's a much higher quality. They wouldn't drink ko shochu. Mm. They would only drink the uh, honkaku shochu. Okay, right. And uh, can you see uh, on the label or? Yes, that has to be clearly designated. Okay, right. All right. And uh, I think uh, the otsu shochu became very suddenly very popular in Japan in 2003 because the Japanese media started to say shochu can prevent anthrobosis, just like a red wine in 1990 in this country. So that's right. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, I heard a flavor shochu is affected by different kind of koji, like you said earlier. Um, so can you, well, we actually we have, a, well, Stephen brought four different kinds of shochu, and I like my job. <laughs> so we, we do a quick tasting. So first, how, um, can you tell us uh, the regions okay. and the ingredients? So I actually brought four different shochus today, representing the four different uh Shochu styles that hold appellation of origin status from the World Trade Organization. Mm. And fortunately, this is also going to give us the spectrum of different koji that's used, as well as both the uh, low-pressure distillation and the atmospheric distillation. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll drink from lightest taste to strongest taste. Okay. Uh, The first that we're trying is actually an iki shochu, which is a barley shochu produced in iki 
Nagasaki. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are only seven distilleries still existing in Iki.、Mm. Uh, so it's a relatively rare shochu. Most barley shochu is now produced in Oita Prefecture.、Mm. The distinction between Oita shochu and Iki shochu is Iki shochu uses rice in the first fermentation and barley in the second. Okay. Oita shochu is all barley. It's,、oh, a, it's wow. 100% barley shochu.、Mm. So what we have here is a shochu that actually,、uh, the translation is a little bit. Like flirt a little bit. This is actually a convenience store、oh, uh, packaging,、right. uh, a plastic bottle, about 200 milliliters or so.、Oh, okay, but you said, you said it's like,、uh, you know, champagne or prosecco, that kind of、uh, um, designation. That's right. This is、yeah. frivolous packaging, but it's still a very nice shochu. Now, this is white koji and it's made with a low pressure still, so it has much less aroma on the nose and、mm. it's going to be a much sweeter,、right. cleaner taste than you'll get from some of the other shochu we try. Right. It's very smooth and clean. Light, but you can really taste mugi, bali. That's right. And this is,、um, I think, believe this one's about 20% alcohol. Okay. And the second one we have is one of my favorite shochu. This is uh, called uh, torikai. This is a、mm-hmm. rice shochu from Kumamoto、uh, in Hitoyoshi. And、mm-hmm. uh, this, this shochu distillery only makes this product. Okay. And they actually make ginjo rice. Like in a sake production style with yellow koji,、mm. in order to produce this shochu. And they do it in a sake style, so they're continuously adding rice、ah. to the fermentation rather than going through the first and then second fermentation、right. process. Usually, sake producers are separate from shochu, but they did together. That's right. Right. Okay. And this is、uh, joatsu or, or atmospheric distillation with the yellow koji. So, well, that's more flavored, like a floral. That's right, and that's what yellow koji gives you is it's much more floral and aromatic,、mm-hmm. where white koji tends to be sweet and round.、Mm-hmm. Uh, the yellow koji can, because it, and it's also very similar to sake, this almost has some anise、mm-hmm. in, at the beginning,、right. and then it very quickly drops into umami from the rice. Okay, actually, I've been to this、uh, distillery, and、uh, the, the river runs through nearby, and they're so proud of the water quality, too. That's right. right. So the third one we're trying.、Uh, Is、uh, Okinawan awamori. This、oh. one is actually a kusu, which is an aged awamori.、Mm-hmm. Uh, for shochu, you would say koshu. Okay. For awamori, they say kusu. And it's,、uh, this one is aged, I believe,、uh, between eight and ten years. Wow. In clay pots. This is black koji with、uh, long grain Thai rice.、Mm. And unlike, unlike rice shochu, which、uh, they polish just as you would making sake. The、uh, long grain Thai rice is unpolished. So you're getting a lot of the impurities、mm. of the. Outer parts of the rice, you get much more flavor with this.、Mm. And definitely, you smell something very much stronger. That's right, that's right. And this is again black koji, which is, tends to be,、mm. I, I describe black koji as sort of wild and earthy.、Mm-hmm. It's really unpredictable.、Right. But with this one, you get an interesting sort of almost caramel flavor、mm, exactly. on the finish from the、uh, clay pot aging.、Mm. Like,、uh, it's maybe weird, but this like, texture feels like a cloudy, like a fluffy. I don't know where it comes from. That's very interesting and good. And the last one? So, the last one actually,、um, you're one of very few people that's tried this in the US. This is actually the shochu I made the first time I visited Kagoshima. Wow. So, I brought it in、uh, Isami packaging just to show you a beautiful、uh, label design, but this、mm-hmm. is actually、uh, Yamato Zakura Takumi,、mm-hmm. which currently is only available in two restaurants in Japan. Wow. How much would it be? <laughs>、uh, well, it, you can't buy it. Right.、So. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in the、Precious. restaurant, I think it's, it's a normal price. It's about 800 yen a glass、okay. in Tokyo. Right, like $8. That's right. right. 
This is a uh, white koji full pressure distillation sweet potato shochu. Mm. But what makes it unique is it's uh, moroka, so it's unfiltered. Okay. The filtering for this basically is wiping it, uh, dragging a paper towel across the top of the of the tank to mm. take out any solids that are floating on the surface. But other than that, it's just coming straight into the mm. bottle that way. That's a very hard labor-intensive work. But this is, I think this is my favorite because you really smell um, the potato, sweet potato, and I can think of many different food goes with it. Yeah, this I, obviously I like this one quite a bit since <laughs> I was involved in making it. But uh, with the Maroka shochu, none of them come to the states because, in fact, uh, many distilleries won't allow it to leave Kagoshima mm. because bartenders in other parts of Japan don't know how to take care of Maroka shochu. Ah, uh, okay. Because of the residual oils, the oils can actually spoil, mm. and then the shochu taste is off. Okay. So I actually have to take care of these shochus at home mm. to make sure that they don't spoil in my, under right. my care. So mostly shochu have no expiration date, but this one, because it's Moroka, unfiltered. That's right. Uh, most shochu will, won't change their taste in 25 or 30 years sitting in your liquor mm. cabinet, but Moroka shochu, unless you're taking care of it, can change probably within a year to 18 months. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... That's amazing. And I didn't know you can age. That's the third awamori was aged. That's right. Right. So what's the, what does the aging process do in terms of shochu? Does it make it rounder? Or? Virtually all shochu is aged three to six months. That's the standard in stainless tanks. So they're mm. glass-lined stainless tanks. And that's pretty much ubiquitous. Mm. Unless you're aging in wood barrels, mm. which gives you the vanilla of the oak. Or um, the clay pots, which really rounds it out. The, the clay is uh, unglazed. So it can breathe. Okay. And that continuous breathing really rounds out flavors. I really like the clay pot aged chochus. Mm. Uh, the sweet potato we're trying today is aged for one year in a stainless tank. So a little bit longer than the typical three to six months. Mm. Okay. So that was uh, the diversity of flavors. That's maybe another reason shochu is so popular. That's right. I think, you know, and unlike other spirits where they might have a lot of flavor, but there's not a lot of breadth to how mm. wide the flavor spectrum is and shochu it's almost endless with all the different ingredients right yeah you really don't have the same uh, taste and the flavor smells everything different okay um so how do you drink shochu daily okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's how often <laughs> right um no so actually it, it really depends on the shochu and the situation so um if I'm just out drinking with friends, the easiest way is just to drink it on the rocks, mm. uh, which is how we're used to drinking spirits here in the States, if we're just drinking spirits. Mm. And then in the summertime, I really like like shochu with soda. Mm. Uh, it really brightens it up and brings out some of the aromas. And mm. then, of course, because it's watered down, you can drink longer uh, mm. because you're hydrating. But uh, traditionally in Kagoshima is uh, what's called oyuwari, which is with hot water. Mm. And that's just fantastic in the wintertime and also when you're eating rich foods to have the oyuwari sweet potato shochu with all the big, bold aromas and flavors with the rich foods. Oh, because more flavor comes out. Okay. And can you do neat, too? You can do neat. I tend to do that more as a digestif. So there Mm -hmm. are some... Everything we tried today is between 20 and 30% alcohol, but some shochu is undiluted, so they're not adding water before bottling, and those are called genshu. And in genshu shochu, I tend to drink those neat as an after-dinner drink. Okay. Right. So you can really, by occasion... You can diversify how to enjoy shochu. And, uh, well, the aforementioned chuhai, what is it? So chuhai is a shochu highball 
And it's really a Japanese invention of a, of a cocktail using shochu. And really, it's usually fruit juices or different kinds of sweetened uh, beverages such as ginger ale or Pepsi or Coca-Cola, things like that, uh, which are very, very popular in izakaya, especially mm. among younger people. Right. And it's cheaper. And uh, I think izakaya cannot do without shochu at the Chuhai. Right. Okay. And any suggestions about temperature? Serving vessels and other things. So I tend to like um, to my shochu in sort of in a, in a glass that has a closed top because that holds in some of the aromas. Because if you have a an open top, mm. uh, the the aromas dissipate a little bit too quickly. Right. I really like to drink oyuwadi, the hot water mm. uh, mix, in a clay cup. Mm. Um, just it, part of it, it just looks cool, <laughs> right. but it also just has a different experience than drinking it out of a glass. Mm. So, what's the size? Like, you know, if our listeners want to try shochu, they go get a bottle of shochu, and can they use a wine glass? They could. I tend to use low balls, the mm-hmm. um, the short short stubby oh, glass without right, a stem. Like, like a whiskey. That's right. That's mm. right. I, I would usually do something like that if I'm doing it on the rocks, and then I use a Collins glass, a taller glass, if I'm doing the soda. And you can also mix it with cold water and ice. That's mm. a mizuwadi. Right. Okay. And uh, temperature. So for the hot shochu, you want the uh, temperature to be around. Uh, 50 degrees or so Celsius. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want it to be too close to boiling because alcohol has a lower boiling temperature than water. Mm. So if you use boiling or nearly boiling water with the shochu, it'll burn the alcohol off mm. and it changes the, the flavor. So I tend to try to get the water down to about 50 degrees before I add the shochu. Okay, to maximize the flavor. Okay. And, uh, and sorry, one, one other point please, about please. that. <laughs> uh, with oyuwari, uh, Typically, you want to add the water first and then pour shochu into that because the convection releases the aromas. Mm. If you do it the opposite and put the shochu first and then pour in the hot water, it suppresses the aroma. Mm. So some customers actually prefer it that way, but default should be to pour it, uh, pour the shochu into the hot water. Mm. Just quietly. <laughs> That's right, quietly. Zen. <laughs> okay. And um, well, I heard that the shochu could help to lose weight. Is that true? Well, I did an experiment. I, I do medical research. And so I did a, an N of 1 study, which means a, a study in one person, and that one person was me. Okay. <laughs> and I replaced my usual drinking habits of wine and beer and whiskey and different things with shochu uh, six days out of seven. So mm-hmm. I could drink whatever I wanted one day a week, but every other day, if I was drinking, I was drinking shochu. And I lost 15 pounds in seven months. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a new diet phenomenon <laughs> part, part, part of the trick was that i was eating a lot more japanese food because if um, i wanted to drink when i was out hmm. it had to be in a japanese restaurant because shochu is not available in too many uh american restaurants right, not yet unfortunately but listeners 15 pounds in six seven months seven that's months dream and you can drink a lot of alcohol that's right <laughs> it's very healthy well some people say uh, um you know shochu doesn't give you any headache so because it's distilled and i think it's the, the type of you know the alcohol, how your body fits with it. That's right. So I think you can get a hangover from shochu. There's no question. But it's more from dehydration. Mm. The reason that you get stronger hangovers from like red wine or sake is because there's so much residual sugar Mm. and your liver actually has a hard time processing alcohol and sugar simultaneously. Ah. And so that just kind of messes everything up and then you feel badly. Mm. With shochu, because there's no residual sugar, 
uh, all your liver is doing is processing alcohol. Hmm. And that's easier for it to do one job rather than two. Okay. So it sounds like a diluted shochu is the way to go. It's a healthier Relatively speaking, and it's just uh, flavor variations. You can have it every day because they're different flavors, and then it's, it doesn't hurt your liver as much. That's right. We should always drink in moderation, of course. Right. <laughs> That's the first. Although one of the uh, longest living Japanese in history, uh, he died in his 120s or 130s, something like that. It's kind of, nobody knows exactly when he was born. He was from Okinawa, and he was drinking black sugar shochu every day for the last 50 years of his life. Wow. That was his, his secret to longevity. Mm. Well, I think I believe in it. <laughs> okay, so um, and the, you said you serve shochu every Tuesday at the Sakamai in Loai Side, which is a, a cool combination bar and restaurant. So what kind of program do you have there? So Sakamai currently has about 50 shochu, both on menu and off menu. I try mm-hmm. to keep things in stock that are kind of hard to find, but they may not appear on the menu. Uh, and then every Tuesday we have a happy hour to introduce shochu to our customers. It's between 7 and 9 p.m. because I work long hours in my other job. Uh, and I basically talk to the customers about shochu and introduce food pairings and different things like that. Oh, wow. So you're an educator. Uh, so you change different kind of uh, regions or you kind of like uh, have a different theme each time? That's right. I'll theme based on koji, based on the base ingredient, based on the prefecture. Uh, since I had just come back from Japan, the last time I bartended there, uh, I poured shochu from the distilleries I visited on that trip. Okay, great. So who uh, order those uh, different kinds of shochu at Sakamai? We have a pretty d- diverse uh, crowd that comes out for the happy hour. It's uh, a number of Americans who love shochu, and then we get uh, some Japanese tourists. Actually, for some reason, it, it's become known in Japan that if you visit Sakamai on Tuesday nights when you're in New York, you can drink shochu. <laughs> Well, I think you're doing a very amazing thing as an ambassador. Right. And uh, well, you said that you serve with food. So what kind of food pairings do you suggest with shochu? So rice shochu, I tend to try to pair more with uh, lightly seasoned vegetable dishes or sashimi, uh, kind of what you would do with a sake usually. Mm. Uh, and then sweet potato and awamori, I tend to go with much richer flavors. Mm. I find awamori goes really, really well with something like steak tartare. Wow. So a raw, rich meat like that with the awamori, the fats in the awamori and the fats in the meat just go lovely together. Sweet potato shochu is going to be fried foods, uh, grilled meats, mm. yakitori. Uh, one of my favorite things is tonsoku, the, uh, yeah, the grilled pig's feet. Pig's feet. Right. Oh, wow. Okay, so we really have a good uh, diversity of pairings. That's right. right. And then barley shochu, because it's, it actually kind of goes with everything. It's very easy mm. to pair barley shochu with a lot of different okay. kinds of food. What would you suggest with uh, turkey for Thanksgiving? Ah, that's a good question. I might do a f- fuller-bodied bal- barley shochu mm. uh, because of the sort of the after. I'm thinking of the aftertaste of turkey, mm. and I think a nice full-bodied barley shochu like yamanomori or mm. uh, taiso might go really nicely with that. Okay, because uh, there's some nuttiness, right? And that that would go with uh, the stuffings and chestnut, those kind of things. That's right. right? So barley shochu with turkey. Okay, and I heard uh, you also offer uh, lectures at uh, about shochu at the Gohan Society, which is a non-profit organization to promote Japanese 
uh, food culture, I think. And uh, would you like to talk about it? Yeah, so we actually, we've started a shochu program with Gohan Society where we're actually doing tasting dinners throughout the year, and we've decided to do seasonal tastings. Mm. And where we're deviating from that is uh, around the holiday season, we're doing boninkai and shininkai. Right, which is? Forget the year party mm-hmm. and welcome the new year party. Right. So we'll be do- late December, we're having a boninkai uh, at Shigure in mm-hmm. uh, Tribeca. And then uh, in January, we're doing uh, Shininkai at Azas on the Lower East Side. Okay. So what kind of, uh, if our listeners are interested, um, they can get inf- information where? Gohan Society? Uh, Gohan Society website, which is gohansociety.org, mm-hmm. or on uh, kampai.us, my website. Okay. Right. So, all right. Anyone can go right? and then enjoy different kinds of shochu. And do you teach? Uh, Glasses first, and then people enjoy food, or just eat and drink. This is uh, this is really intended to be more of a nomi hodai. Okay. So just eat and drink and have, have <laughs> a good time. But I'll be there to answer questions if okay. you're curious. That, that'd be fun. Okay. And uh, any recommendations for places to shop uh, shochu in the city? So the best selection for retail is at uh, Landmark Wines okay. in on, in Chelsea, and then there's a very nice selection, a smaller selection at Sakaya in mm. the East Village. Okay. For buying uh, for home use. As far as drinking out, I would say, of course, Sakamai. Uh, Shigure has a great selection. Umenoye in the East Village. Mm. Uh, in Soba Toto and Shochu and Tapas Aya uh, mm. in Midtown East. Okay. Oh, and Shimizu, which is a sushi restaurant in a hotel mm. in Hell's Kitchen that has a phenomenal Shochu selection. Oh, okay. I, I passed by and it was like a very quietly existing place but i didn't know they have a great selection they have a shochu bar in the back actually which is the hotel bar so you'll be in there with like irish tourists who have no idea what shochu is oh wow drinking beer and then you come in and you're drinking shochu and they get curious and ask (laughs) questions interesting all right so um well thank you for joining us today Stephen. and uh if you do like to know more about uh, steven's um work and shochu please visit uh, kampai us uh, kampai.us that's uh, k-a-m-p-a-i.us and if you have any questions or comments about the show please contact us at heritageradionetwork.org and by the way we just launched a beautiful new website so please visit that page Japan Eats is live at 3p 3 p.m. on Mondays and always available at heritagenetwork.org, iTunes, and Stitcher Podcast. Today's show was made possible by Santori and our engineer is Liz Smith I'll see you next week thank you for coming listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.